0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Bootstrap Founder Podcast. My name is Abit Kahl, and I talk about how you can start, run, and sell a bootstrap business. This episode is called Being Small is a Benefit, How to Leverage Being a Bootstrapper. I'll answer listener questions about this topic later in the episode and now let's get started. Many founders feel they need to act bigger than they are. They expect only to be taken seriously when they appear to be a mature company to the outside world turns out that this is no longer the case in many industries. Depending on the size of your customers, the fact that you are a small business with barely any employees, if any, can be incredibly useful. If you are selling to individual customers or are in the B2BC market where your customers are tiny companies or freelancers, the fact that you are not just another faceless corporate entity will be a most welcome surprise. People treat you differently when you show that you're in the market because you care. At Feedback Panda, we communicated clearly from the beginning that it was just Danielle and me running the company. Our customers even took up the work of correcting other people in public when they assumed we were a larger business. That always kept the founders relatable to the customers. We were just like our customers themselves, real people solving real problems. And this kind of relationship allowed us to mess up from time to time, only to encounter a lot of goodwill and understanding. Bootstrap founders and their businesses are different from other enterprises in a few key ways. And each of those can be used to your maximum advantage. Bootstrap founders have skin in the game. They can't hide behind the corporate facade. Reputation is important to them and the success of their business. Customers understand that once they are dealing with the bootstrap founder and the bootstrap business, they can expect more than business as usual. If you're selling to a niche that understands the bootstrapping life, such as the startup market, you will also encounter this behavior. In the end, it boils down to honesty. Can you reliably deliver the levels of service that your customers expect? If you explain from the beginning that you being a solopreneur might mean that the service can be shaky when you're not there to fix it, or the other kind of things that are just normal part of the solopreneur life, you will allow your prospects to pre-sort themselves. You wouldn't want to have a customer. You cannot serve anyway. Or at least not yet serve in the current state of your business. Because once the business enters the stability stage, you can change your messaging to attract those kind of customers. Leverage having skin in the game like this. And I'll mention three points here. First, be clear about being a bootstrapper whenever you think a customer overestimates the size of your business. Don't go for sympathy, go for comprehension. When a customer complains about a bug, don't say, it's just me, this will take a while. Instead, tell them that you'll personally get on it right after this conversation. Convey that their direct feedback matters. Second, appeal to early adopters by using their language. In the early stages of your journey, using labels like, Pre-release, beta, or prototype will attract innovators and early adopters, while it will keep mainstream customers at bay. They will come later, but in the beginning, early adopters are the people you want to work with anyway, so using the right language will attract them to your business. Third, be public about your journey. Talk to other founders, no matter if they are in your audience or not. Share your story and leave traces. People who care. To find those traces will follow your journey and support you because they know how important this is for you. They will respond to your questions when you need an external perspective, and they will spread information about your journey to those who will listen. Bootstrappers also really have nothing to lose. We don't have insane amounts of capital. We don't have hordes of employees we need to employ securely. We are Flexible and can adapt to changing circumstances at the industry reserve much faster than established companies that cling to the status quo. If a prospect chooses your service, they can be assured that you will do whatever it takes to keep your keep making your product better at solving their critical problems. You can leverage having nothing to lose like this. Show the journey of your product proudly. Document and publish the evolution of your product, your business, and your whole entrepreneurial perspective. Also, celebrate features and pivots and improvements. Just blog about things that make a difference in your life and in your customers' lives and be proud of it. Your agility is your advantage. Communicate this with your prospects. And I said bootstrappers have nothing to lose. But of course, they also have everything to lose. Because while our agility makes us very adaptable, it also prohibits us from entrenching ourselves too much. Other bootstrap businesses might just spring up and start competing with us. For that reason, we're forced to build as stable and reliable a business as possible. For many founders, that means dedicating every minute of their day to their product and its customers. If a prospect chooses to buy from you, they can expect you to work your hardest to get and retain their business. You can leverage that by just celebrating your challenges. Don't hide the bad and only talk about the good. Share what worked and what didn't with the founder community. Customers will do their research, and when they find that you work hard and find the best way to go forward, that will create a lot of goodwill. Share your struggles and your growth as an entrepreneur. You don't have a gigantic safety cushion and utopian exits and those bonuses when you leave the business like you would have in the corporate world. If your business fails, so will you. By showing how you deal with problems and reliably overcome them, you're projecting confidence and that you're in it for the long run. Bootstrappers are also laser-focused experts. One consequence of having access to very little capital and no employees, in the beginning, in particular, is that a bootstrap business usually solves one thing really well and nothing else. For that, the founders have to be or become experts in their fields. When you, and when your prospects see your business... They don't see a giant corporation with dozens of unrelated products that they're trying to force on every possible customer, whether they need it or not. They see a purpose-built business that's working tirelessly on offering a product that solves a critical problem for a well-defined audience with a founder that knows what they're doing. And you can leverage this, this laser-focused expertise, by showing your expertise in writing. Have a blog, write regularly, and write about what you know. Be a voice in your niche audience, and your niche audience, the people in there, will follow you. Get interviewed on podcasts if you can. Nothing shows your expertise level more than a fruitful discussion with another expert in the industry you serve. Promote the episodes when they get released with your audience through the channels that you would normally do your marketing with. That can actually lead to a much, much higher level of confidence in you and your business. Another important point here is that bootstrappers are steering the ship. It is not only that the founder envisioned the business. In reality, they are also operating and improving it every single day. So a founder is not just there for the founding moment. It's there for the whole term of the business. Often a customer reaching out to customer service will be talking to the founder of the company. And unlike A rank-and-file employee at a large faceless corporation, the founder will pour their heart into every single interaction with a customer if they can, and those customers, they will notice the dedication and the attention that they were shown. You can use your direct connection with customers to turn a stressful customer service chat into a delightful trust-building opportunity. I've done that quite a few times in Feedback Panda. The times when customers were irate about some random little problem and just being There, being present for them to vent, telling them that somebody's on it and then actually fixing it, often within minutes, deploying a fix and telling them that it's done, turned them from a customer who was on the verge of quitting into uh, somebody who would spread the word about the product for months on end after that. You can leverage steering the ship by just being present and empathetic every time you talk to a customer or just a prospect even. A great customer service interaction will stay on people's minds for a long time, and they will talk to it to their peers about that. When interacting with partners and large customers, you as the founder can use your command of the business as a credible argument as to why you can guarantee certain things. No confirmations or verifications needed when you're the one both promising and delivering things. Finally, Bootstrappers are relatable. In most families, you can find an entrepreneur somewhere. It's a grandfather who was laid off from a job in the factory and started his own business. Or it's an aunt who decided to turn a hobby into a business and is now employing a handful of people, maybe a gigantic company. We all know someone in a relationship or an acquaintance who decided to start their own thing. Our private lives or in a business, in a family, anywhere. Your customers will too. By making it clear that you are a person running a business, their expectations and capacity for understanding will increase significantly. In a way, you're an underdog and just like their dad was when he started the family business and you're somebody who cares, just like their sister-in-law when she quit her high-paying but unfulfilling office job to start a project that helped real people with real problems. People can relate to this. And you can leverage that by just prominently showing the person behind the business directly on your landing page or in an about page, in your emails. Just make the business about yourself. Use your personal brand and motivation to be more relatable. Share the origin story of the business, both through your business communication and outside of it, in interviews and on social media. People love narratives. That's how people understand the world and nothing is more attractive than a Rex to Riches underdog story in the making that they can be part of. When interacting with your customers, use a real life picture for your user avatar and use your full name. Engage with people on a personal level as the engaged founder, not the distant business owner. And then just use your agility and your nimbleness as a bootstrapper to your advantage in all these cases. Present yourself to the world as a real person with all the shortcomings and problems that every one of your customers encounters of their own in their own lives, they understand. I'll continue talking about this problem, these kind of real problems of real entrepreneurs who have reached out to me this week on Twitter actually, after thanking our sponsors. The following message is brought to you by Balsamic. Balsamic have decided to support the Bootser Founder community by donating their sponsored airtime to some of our listeners. Today's guest sponsors outset that spelled O-U-T-S-E-T-A. The only all-in-one platform that allows you to launch Stripe billing on your website in two minutes. Outseta is bootstrapped. They're building a self-managed employee-owned business. Moreover, they're building what will become the de facto tech stack for other bootstrapped SaaS founders. So try it out today at Outseta.com. That's outsetter.com. If you'd like to receive a promo code for Balsamic or even just thank the folks at Balsamic for supporting our community, visit balsamic.com slash go slash bootstrap dash founder. All right, back to leveraging being a bootstrapper. I have asked people on Twitter earlier this week to send in their questions about communicating publicly that you're a bootstrapper and all these kind of things. And I've received quite a few. So here we go. Florian wonders about the problem of losing privacy. He doesn't want to be that open about himself in public, and he wants to know how he can be honest and hidden at the same time. Thanks for the question, Florian. Privacy is the number one concern among bootstrappers when it comes to transparency. No one wants to put themselves in a vulnerable position. Particularly if you're a solopreneur, it's daunting to put yourself out there. And if you're an introvert like me, you will feel the spotlight is just too bright sometimes. And even if you don't mind the attention, you'll think about how other people will use your exposed position against you. And you're right to think all of those things. Putting yourself out there involves risk. It's uncomfortable because not everything will work out. And some things might even be detrimental. People will disagree with you. They'll challenge you. They'll try to undermine what you're doing and they will become competitors. They'll dismiss your work all that. But here's the thing about being an entrepreneur. All of this doesn't matter compared to the impact you can have with your business. You can ignore the dozens of people telling you that your idea is pointless if it only helps one person. That's enough to ignore this. If it makes a single life better, it's worth all the doubt you'll have before pu- pu- pushing this publish button that you have or them, any kind of thing you put out there. It's your work that matters not what people with too much time on their hands have to say or are doing. That being said, you can still be mindful of the extent of your public communication. Because to me, transparency is a question of degree. You don't share for the sake of sharing. Share because it helps other people on their own journeys. Share because it shows your prospects and customers that you mean it. Share because you're passionate about your work. But share only what serves you. In our case, Feedback Panda. We only ever shared our monthly recurring revenue, but we never gave people access to all our financials. I've seen a lot of companies have a very, very detailed open metrics dashboard. I feel that is giving out a lot of details about the composition of your customer base and the kind of pricing that works. And sometimes that can be too much, particularly in a late stage of a business. But I get to that. Um, We shared our success and our growth but not a blueprint for how to copy our business. And Nathan from Project Repat mentioned that he really enjoyed the process of sharing their Bootstrap learnings, but then competitors used it as a playbook to just copy their work and learnings. And that's the risk of oversharing. And also why many businesses eventually stop being transparent. I wrote an article about this a few months ago called Too Many Eyes, Why Bootstrap Companies Stop Being Transparent Eventually. And I wrote that when Transistor FM stopped publishing their open data after it started encouraging competition. Listen to episode twenty of this podcast to hear more. Hear more about that. The moment you hand too much information to your competitors or potential competition, you're in trouble. And it's always kind of hard to figure out how much too much information is. So I guess the moment it becomes instructive in in a way that. Um, gives people a clear blueprint, not just like a rough estimate, then it's too much. Kirill asked a wonderful question that fits in here very well. He asked, I wonder how to be unique in this market. It seems like everyone is just copy pasting of each other lately, and it's not authentic. I guess the question is how to find that voice in building and sharing, because it seems like transparency and honesty is decreasing the leverage. To me, the question every founder should ask themselves is, Who are you doing this for? Who is your audience? Are you sharing your success with other founders because you want to encourage them to work on their own legacy? Or are you sharing so you can receive a pat on the back? If you share to empower, you will have to deal with the fact that your empowerment will cause people to imitate you and to compete with you. Even if you don't share anything about your business, somebody will figure out that there's an opportunity there. So you don't have to be public for people to see that there is a business in a certain space doing well. They can copy you without posting lengthy articles on indie hackers, but just looking at your product. So the question is, would you rather be the person controlling the narrative or do you want to hide in the shadows and allow someone else to tell the story that you should be telling? As an entrepreneur, your actions will cause other people to act as well. That's the whole point of building a business. It will cause growth on many levels. A consequence of being successful is that you attract other people who want to be successful too. This is an opportunity to take charge, even when it's uncomfortable. It'll force you to learn, to truly reflect on what you know, and how you can best use it to lift up others. That is your voice, a voice of expertise and being able to contextualize it, to teach. And that brings me to a related question by Philip. When you're building in public, he asks, how do you decide what to share? And I often ask myself, if the things have even enough value right now to be worth to get out, would you just post more often or focus more on the quality of the content and post less? Thank you for the question, Philip. Value perception is a very complicated topic. While all suffering from imposter syndrome to some extent And it manifests in us thinking that our messages and articles are not valuable enough to be shared. Here's the thing about knowledge. You never know where an individual member of your audience is on their own journey. Maybe they have started being interested in the topic just yesterday, and your article is the first thing they ever read about it. Things that seem obvious and almost boring to you might be a revelation to them. A casual comment in your article might blow their mind. That's why judging your own work is almost pointless. You don't write for yourself. You write for the person who can learn the most from your content. And I recommend focusing on two things here. Empowerment and consistency. Create content that makes a difference for your audience and publish regularly. Consistency will make people recognize you. And empowering content will make them remember you. Set a schedule and write your content always to be actionable, pragmatic, and helpful. Doesn't have to be perfect. It only has to help one single person, and that alone makes it good enough. Thank you again, Philip, for asking about how much to share. Mate asks, what's the right time to start talking about an idea publicly? I think it depends on you as a founder. Do you need a public statement to commit to something? Is this a way to make you more accountable? Then talk about it once you've made up your mind about how seriously you want to work on this. The moment you put something out, people will notice and start following your journey actively or just in the back of their minds. They will remember. And I think you should talk openly about your idea from the moment you think it has potential. Communicating this in public will give you access to validation opportunities from the beginning. Operating in stealth mode sounds great to many founders because we are introverted and we just want to work on stuff. Still, it lacks those opportunities to see if your perception of the world is actually compatible with the reality of your audience. At this point, people often tell me that every founder if every founder thought like this, then there wouldn't be a Steve Jobs. People like that. Visionaries. Sometimes being a contrarian and visionary will lead to extraordinary results. And I agree. But that is the thinking that led to the world of venture capitalists looking for the next unicorn. I believe in a world where thousands upon thousands of bootstrap businesses can coexist, providing a stable stream of revenue to the people operating them, doesn't have to be winner take all. But with the aspiration of becoming the next Steve Jobs, comes a very high chance that while you shoot for the moon, you could have made it to orbit back many, many times. Building a sustainable bootstrap business is the first step. You can always build your world-changing business later. First, change your own world. And building a sustainable business is the first and most important step to get there. Thanks, Matej, for the question. Finally, Gabriel asks about the mindset when you're feeling like you're not making any progress. And the avenues you're exploring seem to be dead ends. Thanks for sharing this perspective, Gabriel. Dessa is indeed the biggest problem for many solopreneurs. Motivation. When you're facing a lack of progress and the big break is nowhere in sight. Finding the energy to continue to produce throughout these times is very hard. And it's a big reason why people give up and go back to freelancing or find a job. Here's what I have learned throughout the last two decades in this industry. Everything you do, no matter if it fails or if it succeeds, increases your opportunity surface. Every attempt to make at something will leave a trace and someone at some point, and you will never know who or when, will pick it up and it will lead them right back to you. It might not look like progress to you and it might look like a dead end, but that's your mind playing a trick on you. On itself, pretty much. We live in such a highly interconnected world. We can't possibly grasp all the consequences of our actions. You have control over the inputs, but not the outputs. And that's why showing up regularly is so important. Let me repeat what I said earlier. Empower your audience and be consistent. That will increase your opportunity surface until one day an opportunity will strike fertile ground. At that point, you will have a track record of putting yourself out there, of attempting things. You will have an audience that will support your efforts of getting the new thing off the ground at that point. And until then, show up. Thank you for listening to the Bootstrap Founder podcast. You can find me on Twitter at arvidkahl, at arvidkahl, and you can check out the blog at thebootstrapfounder.com. If you have any questions about this episode, reach out on Twitter or send an email to arvid at thebootstrappedfounder.com. If you want to support me and the Bootstrap Founder Podcast, please leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and wherever you subscribe to this podcast. It'll help other founders and founders-to-be to to find the podcast and learn more about starting, running, and selling their bootstrap business. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.